This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. I can tell you the uh, Blue Jays, who have been struggling mightily lately with a 3 2 lead on the Phillies, with the uh, Phillies batting in the top of the fifth. The Edmonton Stingers got that game tonight against Ottawa, 7 o'clock at the Expo Center. Edmonton Riverhawks in action this evening. I believe Mooner is going to go to the game, so we might get a live update from Mooner a little bit later on tonight. The Elks in Montreal on Thursday. We got it for you. 4 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 5.30. Oilers development camp ongoing. I sat down earlier today with prospect goaltender Ryan Fanti. We'll get to that interview as we uh, Uh, move along a little bit later a native of thunder bay ontario if you've ever been to thunder bay um you know that it is not that close to any other major centers in canada so i I know it's in ontario but i I still asked ryan okay who do people cheer for there for an nhl team because thunder bay is actually closer to winnipeg than it is to toronto but it it is in ontario so i I asked him who fans cheer for there and he's also going to tell you who uh which goaltender he'd looked up to growing up as a kid in thunder bay so that's coming up a little bit later on tonight duncan keith uh, formally announcing his retirement today uh Nudge, nudge uh, that it does uh, free up the $5.5 million in cap space for the Edmonton Oilers, which we discussed extensively last week when uh, the Keith uh, retirement speculation was running rampant. So we got a little bit to tell you about there. Uh, Duncan Keith today elaborated on the decision to retire. You know, it was uh, it was tough. Um, you know, tough to make the decision ultimately, but, uh, you know, it's been kind of in the back of my mind for a few years you get to a certain age and um you know it's just uh you know i guess age catches up and i feel like uh, part of part of my thinking was knowing or feeling at least that i could still contribute uh, i had some my i was relatively healthy and had my health that i wanted to go out uh you know and i, I still feel pretty good uh, about my game and uh i'm able to do the things that i i enjoy outside of hockey like biking and and uh and helping my son out on the ice and coaching him and uh things like that so it, it was a tough decision but uh very thankful for the oilers organization to give me this opportunity playing closer to home and and uh and having this press conference and being able to say say goodbye Duncan Keith retiring today. Okay, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. We got Fred standing by. Fred, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how are you? Good. 
fantastic press conference. Uh, Chicago has always been my second hockey team, and nothing but the utmost respect for Duncan Keith. And when him and Brent Seabrook played together in Chicago, two of the best. I tell you, that was quite the pairing for many years in Chicago. Wish him all the luck in retirement. And hey, you never know. If you might end up here someday as a coach of some sort. What do you think? Oh, uh, I, I don't know if his if that's his uh, if that's his his goal. Every everything he said today, and he said it in the, in that clip. That clip was actually a an interview he did with Stoff earlier today on Oilers Now. I think a big focus for him right now is uh, spending time with his son. So I, I I don't know if he wants to get into coaching or scouting in the NHL or anything like that. I mean, a lot of players do stay involved in the NHL. Um, I mean, I, the news from a couple of days ago, for example, Wade Redden going to player development with the Ottawa Senators, who he played for. He had worked for the Nashville Predators prior to that. Uh, I mean, I know Wade going back to my days in Lloyd Minster because he grew up in Hillmond, just north of uh, of Lloyd. So I've always kind of stayed in touch and followed Wade. Mark Letestu, the uh, uh, former Edmonton Oiler and Bonneville Pontiac. He's now in player development for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So a lot of players do something like that. Uh, Keith didn't mention anything like that today. I, no, he wasn't specifically asked, but, but it seems like at least for the short term, he... Uh, uh, wants to spend some some quality time with his son, but you never know. I mean, I, the 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 people who play sports at the highest level, and, and I have learned this from talking to them over the years. I'm certainly not one of them, but I've learned this from talking to them. They are competitive at, at a level that is almost hard to believe, uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. So you never know if Duncan Keith is is going to be uh, sitting on the couch in a couple of years or, or coaching his son's, uh, I guess, peewee game or whatever it'll be and thinking, huh, I miss doing this in the NHL or I miss trying to help a team win a Stanley Cup in whatever capacity. Yeah, something to keep an eye on for sure. We got John on the line as well. John, go ahead, my man. Hi, Reed. Well, it's good to, good to talk to you again. I hope you had a nice holiday break. Um, I, I have a very simple outlook on what Kenny Holland's doing and Kenny Holland's two or three steps ahead of the rest of us. I mean, he, I think he's amazing, but I thought if I was Kenny Holland, I would give him Vander Kane eight, eight million bucks for five years, sign him up. I mean, I keep asking myself who in the, in the hockey world would you rather have on the wing with Connor than a Vander Kane? And I just, for me, that part of it, I know there's all those other things that go into it, but I think that's an, a no-brainer. Uh, I'm also getting excited because I think if we got one of the goalies available, and I hope it's Campbell from Toronto, uh, that's huge. I would like to see them sign Kulak. And then, you know, Reed, we have all these other good young guys coming, and and that's a combination of work by the scouts and, and the people in Bakersfield. And it's just, I feel so good about the hockey team now. It's just, uh, I can hardly stand it, Reed. Well, John, I appreciate that. Uh, I think we know Kane's not going to get five years times $8 million from the Oilers. He may not get that from anybody. Maybe someone's going to offer him $8 million a season. I don't know if it would be for five years. I, I know there's some speculation out there now, and we talked about this a little bit last night, 
with the uh, contract offer that Kevin Weeks reported was that the Oilers offered three years at $4.75 million. And the number that I was using for Kane coming back to the Oilers when we were breaking down the $20 million available uh, dollars last week was that maybe the Oilers could get him for six. But you might have to pay, you know, some team might offer him seven or maybe eight, like John was saying. I, I'm, so two things. Perhaps what the Oilers were thinking was with that offer was it's three years of guaranteed money at 14.25. So let's say if you're Vander Kane, would do you want two years from a team at six and a half million dollars, or do you want three years at 4.75? It's it's more guaranteed money on on the deal from the Oilers. Now again, maybe after two years he signs another big contract. You just don't know. But the guaranteed money would be there from Edmonton. And you know, I've, I've been reading some speculation today, and a couple folks said maybe the Oilers are saying, "Hey, that's what we're, you're going to offer," and, and maybe you want to see if the grass is greener on the other side. And maybe when you get out there and look, maybe you're going to find it isn't. May, may, you know, may, maybe the Oilers are kind of hedging here a little bit, and they're saying, uh, "You know, I don't know." Is somebody going to offer him seven or eight million dollars? Maybe we can come in with this, maybe bump it up a little bit, and then we get him and we fit him in under the cap. That's he's one of many interesting things, guys, to watch here going into free agency. Certainly from an Edmonton perspective, I'm sure for many of you, he's number one. I think Goudreau going to free agency, uh, uh, and Malkin is another player, who, you know, huge name that's going to be out there. Uh, you know, Klingberg, the defenseman in Dallas, is. Uh, is available so yeah it's gonna i think this is gonna be a pretty fun free agent season to watch and then often around this time of year and we saw it a little bit at the draft there are more the, the the trades that happen are more interesting than some of the trades that happen in season even at the deadline no interesting uh interesting take there from john I, again i don't see kane getting that money especially from edmonton but sometimes uh there are some pretty big paychecks handed out in free agency. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got Harry on the line as well. Hello, Harry. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, so, Reed, uh, just a, a comment on things. Um, do you remember back in the day when Badger Bob Johnson kind of came into the Calgary locker room? Not that I was there, but he said that uh, you know this is how we beat the Edmonton Oilers. And after that point, they made some progress on that. So, kind yep. of the way I'm framing free agency is. I think it's fair to say that the road to the Stanley Cup final is going through Denver. And it'd be nice if maybe the mindset that we used on this is take a look at, okay, no, don't look at the individual players, but what do I need to beat Colorado? Yeah. Who do I need standing up the blue line to take down McCarr, to take down or neutralize McKinnon? And, you know, one thing that stands out to me from back in the day is we need a modern-day Bukaboo, maybe one or two of them. Right. Guys like, you know, and the one person who kind of pops into my mind, and this is a pipe dream, is Josh Manson. I was just thinking yeah. about getting into the car. I was thinking a pairing of Manson and um, uh, Evan Bouchard might actually be a pretty nice combination on the defensive line. You know, I, I think you make a really interesting point. Stay on the line here, Harry, because I, I think well, you raised a few points that, that are worth discussing. Uh, now, you know, Madsen shoots right. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm not sure if he would play with Bouchard because Bouchard true. shoots right. But but I understand the general point of what you're making. I think now, hopefully for the Oilers, you're right. We're, we're talking about a team that is in the playoffs every year. 
and how can they how can they separate and I, and I still kind of saw them this past year as a second tier team I know you listen to the show Harry so you're going to roll your eyes and I'm going to say it for the 500th time they're good they're not quite great I think they're they're got the potential to be great we we can talk goaltending till we're blue in the face but yes and, and I, I give credit to Rob Brown because Rob's Rob's priority at the deadline was some beef on the right side on the back end you know now easier said than done but he wanted that guy who could who could hit who could stop the cycle and that's what he wanted on the back end now nothing against Kulak because I think Kulak came in was and was almost a, a, a left-handed clone of what kind of CeCe did for a right-handed shot so I didn't have a problem with that but you're right do they can they still get beefier on the back end and I still think and I'm gonna I'm gonna really split hairs here but do they still need more depth up front? And now I think, though, we're looking at rounding out a third line. Because I think I think even if they lose Kane, they still should have a pretty good second line because maybe Nugent Hopkins becomes a winger. Maybe you sign Giroux. Maybe you sign David Perron. So, you're, so we're no longer talking about... A, a, like, even when they got swept by Winnipeg, they were kind of a one-line team with maybe a third line and two fourth lines. So now... Are they quick enough and skilled enough with forwards seven, eight, and nine to beat Colorado? Is that is I that guess, the air? Is that one of the areas they got to get over the hump in? You know, the one the one other comment about that though is take a look at this particular draft. It's almost like drafts are fun to watch anyway, or pre uh, agency. But the sheer amount of drama going on right now, like with Talbot moving to Ottawa, the goalie carousel, what's going on in Chicago, I mean, it's almost like a comedy of riches out there. I mean, if we could manage to land like Kubelik, maybe he's so lucky to land Kubelik and maybe Strom. I mean, even if we lose out on Kane, maybe if we're smart enough, and, and again, lots of confidence with Brad Holland and what he brings to the equation as well. But I'm just, I, I've thought if we don't get Kane, it's it's mission over. But now we see what's out there. You see the brain trust we have behind Holland. And you're kind of like, you know what? Even if that domino falls for us, I still think they'll pick up the pieces because what we showed this year getting the Western Conference final, and people could probably envision that, you know what? I could be that person that helps put that team over the top. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought up Strom's name because I wanted to mention him as well. So what if you don't get Kane? But mm-hmm. but hypothetically, you get Strom and Perron for seven and a half million combined. I do that all better, day long. Are you better off? I do that off? all day long. Yes, yeah, and I, know I, I think. And, and who knows? Twenty-four hours from now, you could be calling in and saying, "Weren't we idiots thinking <laughs> they could get both those guys?" But that that to me, that's an interesting <laughs> hypothetical. And and I, and, I, and what about another one of Stoff's guys if they finally trade for Connor Brown? Because Bob's wanted that for the last two or three years, right? Do you actually think that Ottawa would do Fogle for Brown and something else in there? Uh, if I were Ottawa, I probably wouldn't. Because to me, Fogle was a bit of a, a mystifying player this past season. Mm-hmm. Now, Brown's production, I'm just double-checking, he only had 10 goals, didn't play. Uh, like He had 21 goals in the 56-game season. He only played 64 this past season and had 10. Uh, I think he's, is he a year younger than Fogle? They might be the same age. Yeah, I, I don't know if they would do that. If I were Ottawa, I, I might be might be reluctant to do that. Actually, Fo- sorry, Fogel's the younger of the two. Fogel's the younger of the two, so I don't know. Uh, but that's anyway. I kind of threw that in. But you're you're right about free agency. And and another thing to remember here is, if a couple of the big name guys go high early, 
does that drive up the price on the remaining guys or does that drive down the price if GMs are saying well I didn't get the premium guy so I'm not going to overpeer for the second tier guy I'll try to outweigh him a little bit I don't know I think it's going to be kind of a musical chairs that the more more people are sitting down in the chairs people are going to start uh, there's not too many seats left at the dance table so I may just want to you know take what comes my way I don't, that's the way I think about it. I think that they're, they're going to find that if they ask too much, with the cap constraints right now, there's only so much room out there for people to get the money that they want. Even uh, I was just before I got in the car, I, I was on Twitter, and I don't know about the timeline for this, but Tim Peel eight hours ago now reporting that we're we're negotiating on a five-year deal with for Kane. That wasn't the original ambits of the negotiation, right? It was. Well, it was four years at, what was it, 3.75 or 4 point something? Yeah, three times 4.75. Uh, so that seems to be a bit of an update Oh, yeah, I, oh I missed that Peel tweet from earlier. So five years. So Now, again, maybe Kane is looking for... Maybe Kane's just looking for more guaranteed money. He'll take less per season because yep. he just wants the, the, the guaranteed money. Because, you know, obviously we know the, the bankruptcy situation and all that. I mean, we, I mean who knows? But yeah, yeah, I wonder that's... if it comes in at five by six. I wonder if it just comes in. At... We'll see. It's going to be interesting to to go back on all these predictions in about 24 hours. Oh, it's going to be a blast tomorrow. It's going to be an absolute blast. Thanks, Harry. Take care. That is Harry at 780-496-0063. Okay, we got to get in a break here. It's Inside Sports on Chet. David from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30. Chat. Oh, always fun discussing the possibilities of free agency. Good calls there. Before we went to break, I can also tell you that uh, Darren Dreger from TSN about eight minutes ago posted this on Twitter. Interesting to note: the Oilers back and forth with Evander Kane continues. Kane will go to market, but there have been recent discussions between the two sides. So uh, there you have it. Vander Kane going to go to market. Doesn't necessarily mean he won't be an Edmonton Oiler. 780-496-0063. Rocket is on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, Reed. How you doing? Long time. No talk. Yeah, hope you're well. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Andrew Kopp. Yeah, he's out there. There's yeah, he's a name gonna... that, I, that I really like because he's a uh, left wing, right wing, and a center, so pretty versatile player. And uh, if you don't get uh, Kulak, we need a lefty. So uh, Ben Sherrod, I know that name's been been thrown out there quite a bit. And uh, and and the other the other one that I had was was Kane. Um, and then if you you know depending upon what the Kane contract is, does that leave you enough to to sign Kulak? So you got your your left and right D. Yeah, and what's Kulak looking for? Is is he going to get it once he sniffs around? I'm glad you brought up Sherratt as well. I mean, I made a kind of a list of players I wanted to talk about, but there's so so many to get in. Uh, and I believe Sherratt can play the uh, the right side as well, even though he's a, a left shot. So yeah, he's both, and he's three and a half mil, and Kopp uh, is three point six. Yeah, the you know, guys are always looking for raises, though. You got to remember for that. You got to remember that. Um, but yeah, that's a fair comment. And to go and to go back to Strom, I think he was making three last year. Is uh, because he because he wasn't qualified though. Because you get Dylan Strom for less than that because he didn't get a QO, right? So what's his value once he gets out there? Yeah, like would you be? Or do you have your heart set on Kane, or or would you be looking to split the money up? 
Well, I listened to your last caller, and that is an interesting point. Like, you, you could do, uh, you know, like, I, I've always loved David Perron as an Edmonton Oiler. I don't know if he's interested in coming back here at age 34, but if you're looking at a couple of the other guys, like, you know, to fit in with your your core group, Cops 27 years old, Sherratt's 31, and uh, Kane, we already know he fits in. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, if, I, I think if you get, get Kane because of the chemistry, um, I think you go that route just right. because of what he did in the playoffs and with McDavid. Yeah, right on. Okay, appreciate it, Rocket. 780-496-0063. This is fun. Some different perspectives out there for the Oilers going into free agency. Kellen Kennedy has a couple as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 780-496-0063. Kellen, what do you have before yes. we go to news here? Uh, just quickly before the news here, I just want to hit on this one t- tweet, at, or sorry, this one message about uh, Duncan Keefe from Ryan and Lloyd Minster, though. He says, he always liked the acquisition of Duncan Keefe. I know a lot of others didn't, but we saw the value of his leadership in a playoff run this year and how the top guys performed Keefe out Keith himself outplayed what his role otherwise was throughout the year, and he played big minutes with Nurse being limited. His ultimate contribution to the Oilers will likely be seen in future years, Reed, once the veteran advice he imparted bears fruit in championships and on-ice success. Always happy to hear from somebody in the border city that's a well-thought-out perspective. Thank you for that text. Yes, indeed. And uh, Alan texts in. This is a quick one here. You all say that Kane isn't staying, but from what I've been reading, he wants term and not necessarily the Bucks. He will be here. Got to stop with the rhetoric. All right, fair enough. Well, we're going to find out pretty soon. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, Jack Campbell, we've been talking a lot about him. We'll go to Toronto, get some perspective from Gord Stellick. Uh, more time for your feedback later on as well. Mooner will check in. I think he's going to the Riverhawks game, so he'll tell us what's going on there. It is hot out there. Is it still above 30? I think I'm in my basement. It's quite nice and it's cool warm. in my basement. I may just stay down here. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.